We all it's know gone. that hot people can't not eat cake. There are so many little-known fairy tales, folklore stories, and chapters of history to explore in this world. So much of it is wackadoo, unbelievable, disturbing, enthralling, mind-bending, and just plain weird. When I find these stories, they get stuck in my head, and I absolutely have to share them with someone. Usually I inflict these tales on my husband Dan, along with our chocolate lab Lily and Cat Collins, but I thought, why not share these with you? I'm Gina Wagner. Welcome to Tail Wagging, a gleeful retelling of little-known fairy tales, folklore, history, and more. Hey there! I wanted to give a little intro to our first episode here of The Yellow Dwarf by Madame Del Noir because, first, I totally butchered her name in the recording, and second, her stories are so long, winding, and absurd that I didn't want to beat you over the head with a story on the very first one. This is going to be split into two parts, so our first episode will be part one, our second episode will be part two, the stunning conclusion of The Yellow Dwarf. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the recording of this story between me and Dan, and sometimes our meowing cat. So this story is called The Yellow Dwarf, and it is by Madame de Noy. French. It's French. I knew it was French. You're really good at this. Okay, cool. Okay. So let's just start with once upon a time, there lived a queen who had been the mother of a great many children, and she's only got one left, a daughter. Okay. Well, that, that's a lot. Okay. The story wow. does not explain what happened to her other children. We don't know if they are all dead, if they went away to college. They are just gone. The, the way it, it made it, it makes it seem kind of dire the way she treats this last one. So I'm going to assume they all died and she's just not very good at this parenting thing. All right. You're nodding. It's a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, okay. She's right. clearly got some, some skills to work on. Okay. Okay. So the queen believes that her daughter, the princess, is worth a thousand children. And so she dotes on her and spoils her and never tries to correct any of her faults because that's good parenting. And the consequence is the princess is so much in love with her own beauty that she despised everyone else in the world. For what? For uh, any... Just yeah, not good just, enough. Just... Just not. Like makes the mirror like less attractive by being on the planet. Like like she can't look in a mirror for risk of seeing somebody else. Oh, just wait. Just okay, wait. It okay. gets better. All right. All so right. Uh, she was always dressed in the prettiest frocks, either as a fairy 
or as a queen going out to hunt, and the ladies of the court had to follow her dressed as forest fairies. Just cause. Yeah, so she's got two costumes, and so she cosplays a lot, and that's just how she lives. At what, like, what age are we at, do you think, if you had to guess? Oh, it's going to be revealed shortly. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what age she is when she's doing this, but let's just assume she's always doing this. Like, from five years old to who knows when. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's going out, like, hunting and stuff. Okay. So this is, this relates to your mirror now. The queen has her portrait painted by the cleverest painters in the land and sent it to several neighboring kings. And when they saw this portrait, they fell in love with the princess, every single one of them, but it did like super weird stuff to them. Like one dude got super sick, one guy went crazy, but the general effect is it made all of them like leave their kingdom and come in search of her. So, okay, so her beauty is so great that a portrait of her done by clever artists induces illness. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's vomiting. I'm not sure what type of illness it is, but he was ill. But also, (laughs) as soon as, like, it makes them want to become her slave. This is upsetting governments around the world. We don't know how far these dudes are coming from, but... They all just left their kingdom to come serve at her feet. She's just that purdy. My God. Yeah. Or or the artist is that good. You know, it's possible that there's just a lot of talent there. But they did stay once they got to her kingdom. And where are these other kings from? Just everywhere. All the lands? Just everywhere. Lands without everywhere. women, maybe? I, we don't know. Where a portrait is superior to all the women of the land? Uh, we don't know. We okay. know that, you know, being kings, that they, they're usually wealthy, and they did everything they could think of to try and please her. That They would spend so much money on, like, a single entertainment. Like, I I don't know, maybe it's a band. I don't, it doesn't say what the entertainment is. But let's assume there's, like, a theater troupe, a band, whatever, and they'd, they'd throw, like, $20 million at it, and the princess would be like, that's pretty. And that's about as as good as it got. Wow. She's, she's not impressed. Okay. But all this admiration made the queen super happy because, you know, you got to please mom. But not a day passed where this princess didn't receive 8,000 sonnets. Sonnets? Yeah. People be writing poetry like crazy. Like 8,000 completed sonnets? Yeah. From one, from like a number of different people. Yeah. And this is the point in the story where we find out the princess's name. Her name is Bellissima, which I. Rhymes with a lot of things to put in sonnets. Right. It's easily rhymable. There were so many sonnets that they actually would just put them in a pile and burn them in bonfires because it made it, the fire more pretty. <laughs> They're saying it sparkled because the words were so pretty and and the fire just oh, it was just prettier. Lisima, my felt easy mom. I, I no, no. No, it's not working. I probably wouldn't get there, would I? No. No. You're you it could be burned though. <laughs> okay. At this point we learn Bellissima is now 15 and everyone wants to marry her. 15? She's she's now of marriageable age at 15. But these kings have been here for a long time. Like, what if they came when she was five? 
We don't know how long they've been here just being like, I'm so in love with you. Like, she's a child. That, that portrait was basically child pornography of its of its time. Oh, my gosh. And, um, this is yeah. why you don't put pictures of your kids on social media. You don't? You don't do that? I don't I don't have any children. That, that that's what I hear people say. That they don't do that because they're concerned about weirdos coming out. Okay, my social media is full of kids. Wait, that didn't come out right at all. I mean, <laughs> no. uh, people I know put up pictures of their children. It happens on. all the time. Go, go I'm on. just saying like I, I don't think like celebrities do. Okay. Because they're worried about stuff. Like Lindbergh baby stuff. Kidnapping? Uh, Kidnapping. You remember? This is history. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe. Different story. Different day. Okay. Um, So all of them want to marry her, but all of them are afraid to ask her. They're acting like super nerds. Like they've been there for probably years and they're afraid to be like, you know, will you marry me? Like circle yes or no. And like hand her a note. Probably because she just, you know, doesn't like any of them and laughs at their money and makes them ill with her pictures. That you're probably on the right track because it says, this is a quote, any one of them might have cut off his head five or six times a day just to please her. And she would have thought it a mere trifle. So she wouldn't have been impressed by multiple beheadings. What a horrible deal. (laughs) For one thing, once is probably bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. She's okay. just not impressed. All right. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, I'm not amused by people beheading themselves in my name. Like, that's, no, that's it, not funny to me. It doesn't do anything for me either. Okay. Um, so the queen does want her daughter to get married, though. But she's worried, like, maybe I pushed this parenting thing too far because Bellissima does not want to get married. She doesn't consider anyone clever or handsome enough for her. And so she's just like, no, not into this thing. So the queen's like, okay, I don't know what to do. Oh, parenting is hard. I know. I'm going to go consult the fairy of the desert. Dun, dun, dun. Because she's, you know, a witch and she's good with advice. But she's guarded by these terrible lions. And everybody knows that um, if you want to pass the lions safely, you have to throw them a cake made of millet flour, sugar candy, and crocodile's eggs. Oh, I, see, this, knowledge. Is, this is a lot like whatever baby you were talking about where everybody knows this but me. Yeah. Okay. So let me get this straight. We don't know what to do about all these dudes and mm-hmm. she doesn't care about all these dudes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the solution is to go into a desert and find a fairy witch. Who, but you have For to, advice. You have to, for advice, not for like a solution mm-hmm. necessarily, just what she might have to say, and you have to navigate hungry lions. With a cake. With cake. Okay. Yep. All right, come on. So Checks out. the queen makes this cake herself because it's important. I don't know how much practice she has baking. But sadly, because she's a queen, she's not used to walking far, I guess. So I'm assuming she gets about the distance from her mailbox And she gets very tired and sits down at the foot of a tree to rest and falls asleep. When she wakes up, she finds her cake is gone. It's gone. And then she hears the lions roaring. So she's like freaking out. It's going well. She says, what shall I do? I shall be eaten up. And she's fretting and crying. 
And then she hears somebody say, <clears throat> and she looks up in the tree, and there's a little man eating oranges. Oranges? Yep. Okay, orange tree. Got it. He says, oh, queen. So he figures out right away she's a queen. I know how much you are afraid of the lions, and you should be afraid because they've eaten a lot of people. But what can you expect? Because you don't have a cake. And the queen just basically says, I must make up my mind to die. Alas, I should not care so much if only my dear daughter were married. So she might die, but her biggest concern is, but oh, my unmarried daughter. Just like typical mom stuff. Yeah, I'll I'll get eaten by lions. Yeah. Good deal. But who's going to marry my daughter with a million suitors? Yeah, it's such a problem. Yep, yep. Oh, you have a daughter, cried the yellow dwarf, because he's a dwarf and he has a yellow face and he lives in an orange tree. This is his backstory. I'm really glad to hear that, for I've been looking for a wife all over the world. So if you promise that she'll marry me, then none of the tigers, lions, or bears shall touch you. It mentions tigers and bears here, but you never hear about them like the rest of the story. So this is, I think he's just adding on. He's just, you know. He read The Wizard of Oz, and he's covering the bases. Yeah. But the queen looks at him, and she's almost as afraid of his ugliness as of the lions. Because priorities. This would be the quality part in the story where she goes, Um, yeah, but I'll die. Good deal. And he kind of calls her on it, too. He's like, hey, you're hesitating. You must be really fond of being eaten alive. Like, tick-tock. And then the queen sees the lions. Okay, check this out. Each one had two heads, eight feet, four rows of teeth, and their skins were as hard as turtle shells and were bright red. Yeah, there should be a different word besides lions. Yeah, I don't think anything identifies them as, as lions. I mean, they've got turtle shells. Well, skins it's as hard as turtle like shells. Eight, like eight they're red. Eight feet is like eight legs is like a spider, right? Yeah, so they're basically each one is two lions, but with, with a turtle shell... Skin. So if a spider were bred with two lions yeah. and then two rows of teeth, is that like Four a crocodile? Four rows of teeth. Four rows of teeth. That's, that's okay, a lot. gator or crocodile. There's a lot going on. Like that. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. She's like, okay, 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 you can marry my daughter. And the dwarf's like, well, yeah, she's pretty enough, but I don't really want to marry her. You can keep her. Like, what the heck? <laughs> Boom. Dwarf <laughs> standards. No, no. He he understands. Got to put her in her gotta, place. Got to play hard gotta, to get. Got to gotta, gotta tell her what's up. Because she, she thinks she's too good. Mm-hmm. You got to let her know oh, where yeah. she stands. Yep. Don't want to put her on a pedestal. The queen even gets to like begging. She's like, oh, don't refuse her. She's the most charming princess in the world. I haven't seen anything in the story that would make me believe that she's charming. We know she's beautiful and thinks a lot of herself. I don't think that's charming. Mm, agreed. And he says, well, fine, I guess I'll take her, but uh, make sure she doesn't forget that she's mine. And so then he, like, opens the door in the tree. Queen gets in and we, like, shut the door just in time so the lions don't get him. And he decides to show her, this is where your daughter will be living. Like, look at all, look at all this, this natural splendor. I've got a tiny thatched cottage. She's going to live with me. And... Every day she can feed this donkey that she can ride whenever she likes, huh? Uh, Donkey, donkey. And we've got a roof, so weather can't hurt her. Awesome. 
Uh, she can drink water right out of the brook and eat these frogs, which grow really fat. Ribbit. So great. Mm-hmm. And she'll always have me with her, you know, handsome. And I'll uh, I'll stay as close to her as a shadow for all of eternity. It's, Probably get mistaken for a shadow. Yeah, just, just have this person breathing on you forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to be fine. Welcome to the hippie life. The queen is so impressed with her daughter's future that she faints and <laughs> wakes up in her bed at home. And she would have thought all of it was a dream, except she is wearing the loveliest lace nightcap she had ever seen in her life. So that's how she knew it must have all happened. Where did the nightcap, like, did she, did she see this in the dwarf's house? What's the tie-in? No, no it, this is just the story. The nightcap is just the nightcap symbol Nightcap equals I was there. Yeah, okay. Maybe right. the dwarf stitched his name into it. We don't really know. Had a little message on the inside. Like, like made by the yellow dwarf. Gonna get that daughter. Come Don't with your daughter. Let me send the lions after you. Yep. So the queen gets super depressed. And it becomes really obvious to everybody in the kingdom. Like, queen's bummed out. And it even bothers the princess. She actually looks at somebody besides herself. And she gets worried about her mom. The queen starts making up excuses like, I'm sick. <laughs> uh, a neighboring kingdom's going to make war with us. I don't know. Maybe it's like a neighboring queen because she's mad that her king's been gone forever. Like I could understand that. <laughs> mm-hmm. All this leads the princess to be like, I don't know what to do about my mom. She's so sick. I know. I'll go ask the fairy of the desert because she knows things. Jesus Christ. And maybe... <laughs> While I'm there, I'll ask about marriage stuff, too, because I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't know. My mom wants me to get married. She makes the cake because <laughs> you got to have that cake. Everybody knows it. Cakes and lions are a thing. She pretends to go to bed early so she can sneak out through a secret staircase. But she's just as good at walking as her mom. So she gets no. to... Th- <laughs> no, don't. No. But she doesn't fall asleep. Like She gets to the tree, and she's just like, ooh, I like oranges. So she starts putting them in her basket, and then she sits down to eat the oranges. And then uh, when she's getting ready to go again, she realizes, my cake is gone. Because this is the case of the disappearing Mm -hmm. cake every time. Why? Why can't they keep their cake? It's just gone. It's only their life. It's gone. You know, they're going to die without it, so... She does the the only thing you can do when your cake is gone. She cries. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. That's how you feel. You eat the uh, whole cake, and then you cry because you ate the whole cake. (laughs) Yeah, you cry. You cry from regret. (laughs) I think... See, this is the revisionist history told by the people who came back. What Uh happened to your cake? It it, disappeared. I don't know. I didn't eat it all myself or anything. I didn't walk until I got tired and then eat a whole cake by myself and then take a nap. Because who would do that? (laughs) That would be weird. No. I'm on a diet. Who would never do that? I'm I'm, I'm the prettiest in the land. I can't eat a whole cake. Go on. I never eat. (laughs) So Dwarf comes out. He's like, why are you crying? And she's like, oh, alas, no wonder that I am crying, seeing as how I have lost the basket of cake that was to help me get safely to the cave of the fairy of the desert. She's charming, right? I guess. (laughs) For someone who eats whole cakes. (laughs) Yeah. A dwarf says, okay, what do you want with the fairy? She's a friend of mine. 
And he's like, well, my mom has been like super depressed lately. I'm afraid she might die from being sad. And I'm very afraid. And she also wants me to be married. You know, side note. And, but I haven't found anyone worthy to uh, like as a husband. So I have to talk to the fairy. She's my guidance counselor, basically. But you just talked to me. You just told all those things <laughs> to a total stranger. Okay. Don't worry, he's going to solve the problems. He Good. says, problem. don't you yeah, worry, man. princess. I can tell you everything better than she could because I already know the whole story. I think he is the fairy. Well, Go on. Okay. The queen has promised you in marriage. And princess like, what, what, what? <laughs> what since when? He says, oh, beautiful princess. You won't be bummed out about it because it's me. It's me. I'm, I'm the guy. Ta-da! <laughs> I bet she loved this. And she's like, um, you've got to be kidding. There's like no way. This this pisses the dwarf off. So he's like, um. He's a pal dwarf. He's very he's handsome very, for a dwarf. Well, he thinks he's very it's handsome. Catch. Other people think he is ugly. So it just depends on who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much cake you've eaten. I mean, when you eat a whole cake, you can't Upset judge. tummy can really change your perspective on the world. <laughs> so Dwarf's like, dude, it's not like I really wanted this honor. You're not that great. Oh, here's the lions coming. They're going to eat you up in three mouthfuls, and that'll be the end of your pride. And then I'm assuming you just kind of go snap, 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 and like starts to turn to go back in. And she's like, oh, what shall I do? Must all my happy days come to an end like this? I didn't know she was happy. I guess she was happy when she was, like, alone. Mm-hmm. He says, well, you know what? At least you'll have the satisfaction of dying unmarried. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> greatest, greatest aspiration. Because I'm, I'm sure you'd rather die than marry a dwarf like me. And she's like, oh, please, don't be mad at me. Okay, I would rather marry all the dwarves in the world than to die in this horrible way eaten by lions. He says, well, she better promise and you better do it pretty quick because I can hear him coming. Like, mm. She's like, oh, save me this minute or I shall die of terror. And then she faints. So she was like, good for it. And still really sleepy. It's a big yeah. cake that she ate. And just like mom, uh, she, you know, is in a cake coma and wakes up at home. But she wakes up in... Beautiful lace and ribbons. Mm. And on her finger was a little ring made out of a single red hair, which fits so tightly that try as she might, she could not get it off. So she's wearing his hair on her ring. That that that's a contract. That that's a legal binding document. Yeah. Now she's depressed because dwarf. How did the dwarf get her home? We, we will never know because okay. the story just skips ahead. The thing the story does not skip on is other details. Like there's going to be various like poems and sonnets that we're just not going to bother with. Songs that people are singing. It's not happening. So she decides after this entire ordeal, you know what? I feel like maybe I should just pick someone now because I don't want to marry the dwarf. So she decides of all the kings available, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to marry the king of the gold mines. Good choice. Mm-hmm. She's going to be financially stable. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> he, he does. Now, they call him king of the, the gold mines, but they also call him prince a lot. So I'm kind of confused. It, are you the king or the prince? He He's the king and his name is prince. Okay, so King Prince, King Prince of the Gold Mines. Yes, because I'm supposed she could have had the choice of a lot of kings, like King of the Wheatfield or King of the Lake. Whose name is Duke? Yeah, Duke. He's <laughs> <laughs> actually a king. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, obviously, like all the kings, he's been in love with her for years. She had to pick somebody. And unlike many other couples who find planning a wedding to be a bit of a stress on their relationship, since they never had a relationship before, uh, the more she saw of the king, the more she grew to like him and was almost, almost as much in love with him as he was with her. But not all the way. Good effort. Yeah. So then there are several pages of describing the wedding plans. So assume it's... Pinterest. A couple of the details I did want to note is that some of the decorations were like a thousand barrels full of gold because, hey, gold mines. Nice. It's a theme, theme wedding. Okay. Yeah, it's a theme wedding. Mining, um, mining wedding. There are innumerable bags made of velvet embroidered with pearls and filled with money, each one containing at least a hundred thousand gold pieces that are given away to everyone as party favors. This is this is uh, quite the hot ticket. Swag. Swag. All right. They're going to get married now. They're like at the altar and stuff. But then two great basilisks show up. Those are lizards? No, no. It's like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It's a big snake. Oh. But they don't have the sword of, of Gryffindor or a phoenix. Okay. These two giant snakes come dragging a very badly made box because we need to criticize what the box looks like. Okay. And behind them came a tall old woman whose ugliness was even more surprising than her extreme old age. Okay. So uh, she hobbles three times. Around the gallery. So for some reason, she and the basilisks just walk around everybody three times and they just kind of wait for her to be done. A certain dominance. Gotta, she, gotta let them know who you are. She's walking really slowly because she's got a cane. Uh-huh. And then she finally stops and says, Ho, ho, queen. Ho, ho, princess. Do you think you're going to break the promise you made to my friend, the yellow dwarf? Dear God. I am the fairy of the desert. She's finally here. And, and without the yellow dwarf and his orange tree, my lions would have eaten you. And I can tell you, in fairyland, we do not suffer ourselves to be insulted like this. But, 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 it's kind of her fault for having lions that were going to eat them. For being, like, unavailable and, like, having the dwarf take her calls. <laughs> like mean, he's yeah. basically her answering machine. <laughs> Have you tried not having lions when people want your advice? It's <laughs> about cake. Where'd your cake go? <laughs> oh, and then it gets weird because the queen's like, "Princess, did you promise to marry the dwarf?" And the princess is like, "Mom, didn't you promise me to the dwarf?" Like they're both looking at each other, like, "What? Did you? No, yeah, you, yeah, me, yeah, no, you, yeah, no, you." The king of the gold mines. Is, is feeling really indignant because he's being kept from his happiness by this old lady. 
And so he threatens her with the sword. And he says, get out of my country at once, forever, miserable creature, lest I take your life. And so rid myself of your malice. Man of action. Yeah, yeah, big talker. I like it. And then, out of the badly made box, verse Yellow Dwarf riding a cat. A cat. Is this one of the lions? A great Spanish cat. A Spanish cat. There are no details about the toughness of its skin, number of heads, rows of teeth, or legs. If it's anything like the cat I can hear outside our door, it's a ferocious monster. Yeah. Capable of much annoying sounds. Yep. So the dwarf is like, hey, leave the fairy alone. Your problem is with me. I am your rival, clearly. And look at that girl's finger. That's my hair ring on it. Just try to take it off. You'll find out how powerful I am. Ha ha. Nah. Okay. All right. Sounds so, good. So the, so the king. <laughs> so the king's Why back. chop her finger off? Oh, that's terrible. I, I'm just saying. I don't like that at all. I'm just saying. King hits him with a sick burn. He says, you're so ugly. One cannot bear to look at you. Oh. And then the yellow dwarf is deeply enraged. And so he, he kicks his, his heels into his cat, who then yells horribly. And they leap all over the place, terrifying everyone, except for the very, very brave king with, you know, the massive gold mines. And the king's running around chasing the dwarf drawing a knife. The dwarf challenges the king to meet him in, in single combat, which is the most fair way to do things. Yeah. Why do we even chase each other? Why do we even have our cat get upset? So we would think that everything would be fine, except that then the sun became as red as blood and it was so dark they could scar- like scarcely see it all. Okay. And then the thunder crashed and there's lightning. It seemed like everything was going to get burned up. And then... The two basilisks appeared. I don't know if they were missing, but now they're here. Maybe they just came outside to where the single combat is. It's unclear. The story just kind of says, and now they're here. One on each side of the dwarf. And just so you know how big they are, they're like giants. And they are mountains high. Like multiple mountains high. Fire flew from their mouths and their ears till they looked like furnaces. So these are Godzilla monsters. Yeah, like like a snake Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. But none of these things could scare our brave king because he is heroic. His courage did start to give way a little bit when he saw the fairy of the desert mount a winged griffin with long snakes coiled around her neck. And she bops the princess on the head. And this is what scared him, like, Oh no, my princess might be concussed. Ah. So the princess is bopped on the head. The fairy grabs her because, you know, she's like bleeding and senseless. Then the dwarf comes and grabs Bellissima. Before anyone can stop him, he jumps on the roof of the palace and then disappears with his prize. Um, he jumps on the roof of the palace with the and cat. vanishes. He's still on the cat. Uh, the cat can jump really high. He's holding a princess yep. on a She's cat. just on the back of the cat. It's probably a big that cat. That jumped onto the roof it's, it's of the Spanish, palace. So. Okay. Ole. You know, action sequence. All yeah. Right. Weird Ole stuff jumped on the. Yeah. Okay. The king is like, oh no. And then suddenly everything goes dark. What's going to happen? Better tune in for episode two.
Thank you for listening to Tail Wagging, a gleeful retelling of little-known fairy tales, folklore, history, and more. If you'd like to get in touch or send us a story you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can find us on our Facebook page, Tail Wagging Podcast, or on Twitter, at Tail Wagging Pod. That's T-A-L-E-W-A-G-G-I-N-G-P-O-D. We'd really love it if you could take a moment to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast anywhere you can. It really helps us get found on this new adventure. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, tweet about it on the interwebs, or send a raven. And if you are under an evil enchantment or have been turned into a creature of some kind, I can't promise listening to the next episode will transform you back, but it might. This is tail wagging. May all your dreams come true.